So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. Hello, beautiful souls. I'm so excited because today we have Dr. Katherine Wilkins here. She is the author of a book that you must read. It is called The Soul's Brain, and she talks all about intuition. She talks about how the world is one that we were really taught to think in terms of right and wrong. She talks about how we were really socialized to grow up in this system that really developed and spent time developing the left hemisphere of our brain, but we really did not spend a lot of time really developing that right hemisphere. And what's happening right now is we we have this great opportunity as a collective humanity to evolve beyond the concepts of right and wrong to really think about things using our intuition to consciously develop this right hemisphere of our brains. Dr. Catherine, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your time and and your brilliance with us. Oh, no, you're so welcome. It's lovely to be here. You know, particularly in this time of COVID, you know, connecting with so many people, it's just, you know, it's wonderful. It is, yes. So you have this great term that you use in your book called fractology. Talk to us about that and what that means to you. Okay, well, obviously, (laughs) yeah, it means a lot and it covers a lot of territory, but I'll I'll do my best (laughs) to not bamboozle everybody with with too much. Anyway, so first of all, fractology, obviously, you know, ologies, study of fractals. So these days, more and more people actually know what a fractal is. But, you you know, if you don't, strangely, you actually do know what a fractal is. You just don't know the word necessarily, because all you have to do is look outside, you know, all natural shapes, fractals, trees, clouds, snowflakes, mountain ranges. It's basically one pattern repeated over and over again to build up a, a more complex pattern. So you know, that's why if you go and go to a tree and you, you know, you pluck a little twig off the tree, it looks like a miniature tree because it's built out of the same kind of pattern. Now, why is that important? Apart from the fact that, you know, it's kind of fun is that, see, if if we got an ordinary thing, like if you got a, a picture off your wall and for some bizarre reason you smashed it up, you'd end up with a jigsaw puzzle because that's a very linear kind of image. But, you know, physics tells us and actually, you know, many studies in consciousness tell us that the universe is really more like a hologram. Mm -hmm. 
the way that we perceive things. It's almost like we, we our mind builds this holographic picture of the world, the way that everything that we perceive as solid is actually more empty space than anything else when you get down into that subatomic level. Yeah. And the reason why when we look at the, the universe as a hologram, the reason why fractals become so important is because when you get a hologram and you smash that, you don't end up with a jigsaw puzzle. You end up with this really interesting thing whereby every single piece that of, you know, of your hologram has actually got the same image as the original in it. It is just a little bit fuzzier because there's not as much information in each piece as there was in the entire thing, but you've got the whole picture. Now, you know, if we if we get into philosophy about it, it's like yeah, well that's that's the mechanism of you know as above so below that kind of thing. But it tells us that our holographic universe has a fractal as the underlying structure to all things. And when we go looking for it, in the sense that yes, it it takes trained perception. And it actually takes quite a, a while to develop that level of you know, skill, perception, whatever. But yes, you know, once once we know how to do it, we can perceive that fractal pattern. That is the energy, or the structure in the energy behind all things. It's think of it like in in the old light bulbs. Like these days, it doesn't work so well because so many light bulbs are just fluoros. But <laughs> the old light bulbs they used to have a filament in it. Mm-hmm. and then you'd have all the light coming out of it. And most people would just look at the light. Well, the light, of course, is the energy, but the filament is the fractal. So, yeah, you have a fractal, I have a fractal, and those fractals are quite unique, but it isn't just people who have fractals because it, it is universal. So by learning to have that perception, well, we can... we. That is because you mentioned in your introduction about how, yes, at school we're, we're trained to have that left-brained understanding and, and logic, which, you know, is really useful. But if we're going to have a whole brain, we need to use the other side of our brain as well. Yeah. And, the, the, yeah, and the logic of our right brain is this, this pattern-based or fractal logic actually. Amazing. You know, I had this beautiful image coming in. I'm very visual when I connect with the other side of my intuition of all the potentiality of our entire lives, like not just now, not just the present, not just the past, but everything that in our entirety that we are here to do within this lifetime is like you were saying, contained within each element. And it was just giving me like the chills. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's cool. And of course, in in the spiritual d- tradition, you know, a lot of your listeners may have heard of the Akashic records. Mm-hmm. Well, see, for me, when you when you have this fractal perception, the Akashic records is actually well, it's it's the fractal, except that perhaps instead of tapping into the fractal of an individual, you're tapping into the universal fractal. But, you know, once you develop that fractal perception, which, you know, the principles of which are in my book that you mentioned, The Soul's Brain, the subtitle of which is The Neurology and Logic of Your Intuition, because this is what I talk about is these principles in the book. Yeah, 
it'd be cool if I could actually put everything in the book, but as it is, that <laughs> but I, I put as much as I could in there. Yes, yes. Well, you have to start somewhere and, you know, you have to start somewhere just building upon that knowledge with people. And I know you have this YouTube channel that you just started too this year in 2020, right? Where you're teaching people about the intuition as well. So we'll put that link in the show notes so that people can just hop over there and watch you over there as well. Here's what I'm wondering too, as I was reading through your book, because you're so scientific too, right? And I love that about your work is that you really bridge the scientific with the intuition, which is not as scientific, you know, to most people. It seems very woo-woo to many people. And the, the thing that I have come to know through my experiences in this lifetime and interviewing so many people on this podcast is that divine intelligence, we can call it God, universe, source, there are angelic beings, we have our loved ones on the other side, they're really communicating through to us. And what some people call the intuition, I think of the intuition as your soul's voice, right? That soul system. It's also this phone cord between us and the other side. But I was wondering, you being scientific, how do you feel about that? Do you believe that there is this divine system, this divine wisdom that we're connected to? Yeah, well, we we were talking just before, and I was I was saying, well, you know, that, that's a really that's a really big question. It's actually a really you know it's a really cool question, a really important question. We do get into philosophy then, you know, because in many ways we're looking at well, what is our what is our true nature? Okay, so I'm just I'm going to talk a few little ways of that I think about it, and then I'll talk about the you know, how we deal with it from a fractal perception. The analogy that I often use is, you know, the genie in the bottle, you know. Well, to me, we're all the genie, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're using of the genie. The genie, the genie is only fully realised once the genie comes out of the bottle. So they're only their, their true self. They only are able to realise their true power once they come out of the bottle. And generally they're a bit cranky about having been put in the bottle. But I think that we're all the genie. Like we we tend to try and squash ourselves into these tiny little human lives. You know, some of us even try to keep our energy within our own body, you know, because we talk about the soul being in the body instead of the body being in the soul because the soul is much vaster than this little human body and this little human life. So that that is true, but then we have to look at it's like okay, so if it is this vast reality, how how are we going to understand it? And if the if you've read that that Tibetan book of living and dying, for me, because with when you when you look at things from a fractal perspective, as I, as I was saying, you don't look at them from a linear perspective. But of course, that's how most of us are taught. So a lot of the the spiritual books, they're actually trying to describe for people a non-linear reality in a linear way. So in the Tibetan book of living and dying, it talks about how once we die, it talks about it in a very linear way. The first thing that we see is this resonant field of energy. 
But if we can't connect to that, then we start looking at different forms because the truth about what we really are is we are more of a resonant field of energy than we are of any particular form or structure. But here's a simple little exercise. If I asked you to close your eyes, you know, and visualise yourself, what do you see? Um, I can see, you know, my physical body, but I see more like the energy radiating out, like my auric field energy. Right. Well, that, that's really cool. And, of course, you know, a lot of people, they just see the form. Mm-hmm. And if that is all that you think you are, of course, when you when you kind of drop the body, let's say, you are going to think, well, I don't exist anymore. Because if the only way you have to identify yourself is with your body and you don't have a body anymore, well, then, you know, who are you, where are you kind of thing. But, yeah, the, the, the energy, the aura, you know, what I call the resonant field of energy, that is more of who you really are. But in order to be able to identify you and as, as separate from me, you know, you as the individual versus me the individual, we need to actually be quite specific about that. You know, so like in, in my book, The Soul's Brain, like where we start, you know, because developing fractal perception takes you know, quite a long time. Uh, so we start with the soul seat because you can use the soul seat to go in and learn to identify your own vibration or resonance. And then you can tell the difference between your vibration and somebody else's vibration. Okay, so it's like everybody has a different little radio station in a way. And so, see, if you know yourself as that resonant field of energy, then when you when you see that resonant field of energy after you, you know, drop the body, then you, you're quite comfortable with it because you can navigate around through in purely resonant terms by tuning specifically into this vibration or that vibration. But if you don't, if all that you see when you close your eyes is the body, is the form, then that's going to be really freaky for you. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be looking for something, you know, that you can relate to. So, well, in, in my words, what it, that talks about in that book is the fact that the first thing that you do is you go through what I call the happy gods, you know. So I guess some of us would call them various heavens and then if, if that doesn't work, then you connect to what I call all the cranky gods, you know, that are trying to get you to look at the truth. And then if you don't connect to any of those, then you start to work your way down through all the hells until you find one that feels familiar enough. I mean, there are there are different traditions, including some of the, well, the Aboriginal traditions here in Australia that say, well, you don't need to worry about going to hell, you're already there. So <laughs> <laughs> I stand more along that line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. But so so the thing is, is that when we understand that the universe is vaster than we know and that in actual fact, you know, as indeed physics tells us, the, the true nature of all things is resonance. You know, in fact. Resonance mean? Um, oh, resonance. Sorry, I, I tend to use the word resonance because when we're talking about a vibration, most people just tend to think about the frequency, you know, like how high or low the the sound is. But in order to be able to really tune into a particular vibration, you you need the the frequency, but you also need the amplitude. 
So amplitude is how big or, or small the waves are, you know. So if you if you go down to the ocean when there's a big storm, you know, and the waves are crashing down, they're, they're big amplitude waves. And whereas if you go down on a, you know, quiet day, you know, and the water's just lapping at the, at the sand, well, that's a tiny little amplitude. And... You know, we know just from that that, yeah, there's there's much uh, more energy, more power in a big amplitude. So so sometimes, for example, when we're tr- working to change something energetically, you, you, you can, you tend to connect to things through the frequency because, but the, the, your, your intention. So when we're working with, you know, this, it's not exactly like this, but it's a good way to think about it, is that when you're working with energy, it's all about focus and intention. And in many ways, the, the, your focus is reflected in the frequency because the frequency that you're tuning into will tell you that you're tuning into this or that, whereas your intention is really reflected in the amplitude because, you know, if you have a bigger intention, like having a bigger goal, for example, you need a bigger amplitude. You need more energy, more oomph behind it. All right, friends. So I have been here writing at my desk for the last eight hours. No joke. I have been channeling in all of this new information about the angels And I'm really, really, really excited for you to get to read all of this, to hear about all of this. This is like Angel Communication 2.0, but if you've never taken the first Angel Communication course, do not worry. You're going to be able to start right here and catch up. In March, starting March 1 through the end of March, we are going through in the Angel Membership all about how to hear, see, feel, and communicate with your angels more. And what we're diving into is a workbook that I have channeled through for you that gives you a little reading to do every day, and then you have some work to do with a different angel each day. Friends, this is different from the angel school. You're not learning how to bring through messages for other people. It's more than that. You are learning how to communicate with your angels for your everyday life because friends, they are always working with you. They are always trying to point you in the right direction. Wherever you have a question, they're trying to bring in the solution, the answer, the the peace that you need within your heart, within your mind to you. And when you know how to do this work for yourself, you know how to communicate with them, your life is lived with more ease, with more peace, with more love. And it's not that we don't have challenges, but life becomes a lot more fun when you can be in the midst of a challenge and say, I haven't lost the footing underneath me. I haven't lost my foundation. I know my angels are here. I know God is leading me. And I have faith. I have trust. And when you learn to work more with your angels, that's the gift that you receive. You have that very solid foundation beneath you. And you know you're guided. And you know what the signs mean in your life. 
So friends, I am so excited about this. You can join the Angel Membership at any time over on the website. The information is in the show notes below, but March is going to be such an incredible month. So excited to work with you all over on the Angel Membership. Okay, so, you know, I'm being called to ask this. If you don't have anything, well, then we'll just edit this question out. But I have to go here. So I'm like a month away from turning 39 or no. Yeah, 39. And my mom went through perimenopause early. My grandma went through perimenopause early where it started about this time. And I feel that amplitude of hormonal energy turned up very, very much in my life. This is compounded by the fact that if you look at any of the last few years besides 2020, you have more of that gentle lap amplitude, right? But the the amplitude has been turned up to the highest volume that we've seen in a long time here in 2020. I'm wondering how hormones play into our spirituality, our energy, our vibration, our amplitude as a female and how you've seen that kind of play out in your life, if you're willing to go there at all. And if you're not, no worries. (laughs) No, no, that's, that's absolutely fine. So if you're not familiar with it, there's, she's English. She's a, I can't remember what she is exactly, but she, she looks at hormones and relationships. And the reason I'm talking about that is it's, it's a good framework for people to start with because Classically, we we think about, you know, your classic heterosexual relationship or actually even with gay relationships, you have sort of estrogenic kind of personalities, which is all, you know, soft and gentle and empathetic. And then you've got your testosterone type personalities that's more, you know, dominant and assertive and, you know, and that these two sort of are generally attracted to each other. But Helen Fisher's work, she's it's quite interesting, is that she she says yes, and there are there are two other, you know, main personality types. One is serotonin, which, you know, is not me, and is probably not most intuitive people, I suspect. You know, I've obviously never done a study on it, but I just suspect it because of the nature of intuition and the nature of serotonin. Serotonin is all about nesting. You know, it's about safety, security, you know, snuggling up and getting comfortable and and just being content in your nest. So intuition for me has has got two primary functions. One is to help you recognise yourself and how you are going to achieve, you know, maximum brilliance, like maximum potential. You know, your intuition is constantly whispering to you, you know, this way come this way, come this way, and you might discover another aspect of yourself. But which leads me, of course, into the other side of intuition, which is all about the fact that intuition is there to help you navigate the unknown, to take you beyond your current reality. And this is one of the ways where that fractal logic, that pattern-based logic is so helpful because for all of us, the, the biggest you know, I, I believe that all fear comes from fear of the unknown because once once we not tend to know what things are and what we need to do, we, 
we tend to suck it up and get on with it. And, you know, we do. We learn how to deal. Whereas when we don't know what's going to happen and what's, you know, how it's all going to work, that's a bit freaky. But intuition, because particularly once, as I said, we have that that fractal logic, we can see, well, I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to, you know, be centred on myself. I'm still going to live life according to the pattern, according to my fractal. So, and in fact, going into this unknown area, my fractal, my pattern, my resonance is going to get stronger. So no matter what happens, it's going to be cool. Now, that is that is having, you know, on a hormonal level, that is having that explorer personality type. You know, you, <laughs> you sound you like you're a bit like me if I, you know, if, I, if that's not too presumptive in the sense that I am the fourth type very clearly that Helen Fisher talks about, which is more the dopamine type. Mm-hmm. So you know, if dopamine, you know, that tends to mean that you you get a little bit bored a little bit easily. Yeah. But, yeah. So, and I don't know if that inherently goes with intuition in the sense that, you know, because intuition does make it easier to explore the unknown, but so does dopamine. So whether though that explorer personality type tends to go with intuition but probably not. It probably goes more because I believe everybody has intuition. So, you know, you mentioned my little YouTube channel that I've started up. So one of the things that I'm doing on there is, yeah, a lot of the time it's just me blathering on about some kind of aspect of intuition. But the other thing that I do on there is I, I'm in, interviewing people from different walks of life about intuition. Like I actually interviewed my accountant the other day <laughs> because everybody has intuition and it enables them to take their work to the next level but we do tend to use it differently and like you know he's an accountant so maybe you know he's not perhaps way up that sort of exploratory end he's more down the the end of using it to recognize patterns so he can tell when stuff going on that he doesn't want to get involved with and things so so I hope I in somewhere in there I answered your question but yeah so with oh hormones and amplitude and stuff yeah well so the thing is it because intuition is more about that exploratory stuff I think and if you're talking about perimenopause well of course yeah that tends to for a lot of women, actually, it increases their estrogen, drops the progesterone. So whether it's because of that or because, you know, also in the body, it's the, the liver that breaks down the estrogen and, you know, the liver and the liver energy is very much connected with our with our will and our intention. And of course, depending on your body type, I mean, some also your, your testosterone levels can increase. So, and as I said, you know, that, testosterone is often connected with being more assertive and yeah so the the more we are willing to set a really fierce you know absolute ruthless intention mm-hmm. which is sometimes what it takes so the one of the reasons why I teach intuition and I teach people which I suppose in some way sounds a bit like a furphy if if you you know what a furphy is so a furphy is kind of like well it's it's kind of like you're lying but you don't mean to but anyway <laughs> sort of 
Anyway, so it's kind of like a short, shorthand version of telling a yarn, I suppose. Anyway, the thing is, is that with intuition, having a conscious intuitive process, everybody has, has intuition. You know, we all pick up energy. Like I've, I've watched people who say, oh, no, I, I don't, I'm not intuitive. I don't do any of that. But yet when, if the energy changes in the room, their behaviour changes. So they're still picking it up, but they may, they may not be completely conscious of what they're picking up and that's why they think that they don't have intuition so everybody has it but the more conscious it's like any skill you know the more conscious you are of that skill and how it works and the principles that are involved it's the 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 more easily and elegantly you're going to arrive at those results that you're after and so the thing is you know personally in my own life that's that's happened so many times, like I'm working with someone and I am I have a sense of where we need to get to, but if it's because they're, you know, that they've had a life that I don't know anything about, so I then have to have that absolute ruthless intention to kind of drive through to where we need to get to because mm-hmm. I don't, because I kind of don't know the road in a way. Gotcha. But when I'm working with a client and it's stuff that I know, you know, because of my background, like it's, you know, I, I just look at it. And when you work with resonance and you do it quite specifically, and particularly, again, if you look at not just the frequency but also the amplitude, you get to a point where you can can actually lock in that particular resonance. So it means it's just like, you know, if you're listening to the radio, like your, your system locks in on that. And when you do that, you know, when you just do that routinely, you just, because you know that when you've locked in on a resonance, it's much easier, it's much clearer. And importantly for the long term, your mind will in future recognise that specific resonance. Whereas if you don't kind of push it through to getting that exact, what I call it, for me, it feels like it goes clunk, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Or in your mind, instead of the, the, the energy shifting around, it now becomes a fixed point. Mm -hmm. And with my students, I'll say, you'll know that you've locked in on it properly. Because if you take your attention off it, you know, you go and focus on something else. I don't know. Think about what you want to eat for dinner or something. (laughs) And then, then if you then you if you put your focus back on it, if you've actually locked it in to get it to that specific point again, your mind will actually go straight back to the resonance as soon as you think about it. You won't have to go searching for it again. Okay. So if we like so to kind of like summarize and help people who are who are listening, if you think about it like you were saying before, your soul has this vibrational frequency, this amplitude. Yes do it. And when you're tuned in and dialed in and in alignment, you're on the radio station that is your soul. So so you're hearing it clearly. You're not hearing it fuzzy. But when you step outside of your vibration, you're no longer in your daily spiritual practices. You know, your intention is not set on being in and remaining in alignment or high vibration. You step outside of your own vibration, and now we're hearing a fuzzier channel or we're not tapped in like we could be. 
yeah, that that is, you know, that is definitely what happens. It's like, you know, again, using the radio analogy, it's like because, you know, up here in the mountains where I live, it's like sometimes when you're, if you're driving around, you've got the radio on in the car, you'll you'll start to get like all sorts of weird noises over the radio or you'll you'll sometimes even get two two different stations mm-hmm. coming through and it'll you know the, the the sound will be flicking from one to the other so yeah that's exactly what can happen and you were asking before about what happens when we cross over well there's two things that happens one is we retain our of course we're still us so we retain our own resonance so you can, you know, if you're used to sort of knowing people from their resonance, you'll you'll recognise them. But there is a, you know, proviso, which is it's it is, however, the same thing. It's like if I if you went and talked under the water, you're going to sound a bit funny, you know. You're going to sound like Dory talking to the to the blue whales kind of thing, and that's that's actually highlights what happens see because physical life it's it's just as your own energetic field or your own aura it has different layers to it and each of the layers going out because they're magnetic you know layers of a magnetic field so each layer as you go out is less dense so when when you shift from the physical you know level realm whatever you want to call it to you know to the other side you're actually shifting levels of density. So thing, you know, it's like so you're going from as if as if your whole life you've been talking under the water and now you've come out up into the air and now you're talking in the air. Except, you know, you're you're going from life up, you know, to the to the other side. So it this is one of the reasons I think why people say that as you get more spiritual, you know, your frequency goes up. I, it doesn't actually, your frequency is still your frequency. But when you are in a less dense medium, it sounds higher because the waves are going to travel faster. So you kind of, you can hear, you can talk to people on the other side, but you have to adjust for the, the density, mm-hmm. you know, so that this is why it's really important to, to really be familiar with your own resonance because that becomes your kind of reference point because, you know, when you're talking on the other side, like if you go to the other side, you know, energetically, not I'm not suggesting that, <laughs> yeah, you, you do it permanently, but so you'll, you'll actually then be familiar with how your own energy, you know, shifts or it's easier tra- to transmit it or whatever, but the difference between your resonance and the other person's resonance will be exactly the same mm-hmm. as it was here because it's not your resonance hasn't changed. It's just the environment has changed. Yeah, absolutely. I teach Angel Reiki School where I teach people how to connect with the other side and how to do this work of connecting with angels and loved ones and bringing through their messages. And what Spirit always says is, you know, because some people will get into it, they'll get it once or twice, and they'll be like, they'll freak themselves out with their egoic mind. <laughs> like, oh my God, did I lose it? Or, you know, and what spirit always says is, it's like this if you have a child and you're a mother, and that child is at school or at their friend's house and not directly in front of you, 
is that child not yours anymore because they're not directly in front of you? Of course, yeah. that energy is always our energy. And as healers, we're not giving it to people. We're helping people remove layers of themselves to just refine that energy within themselves. Yeah. yeah. One of the things so, that I really love that you talk about is because you said so many things in the book where I was like, it makes so much sense. Like I've been trying to figure <laughs> out like the right words to put it in. And it was like, but what you really said is this work of, of your intuition really starts with learning how your intuition talks to you, how it communicates yeah. with you, because it's a back and forth kind of dialogue process within ourselves. And most people have heard of like the four clairs, right? We have seeing, yeah. hearing, feeling, getting a knowingness of, but you talk about there being 10 different ways that it communicates with us. So I'm wondering if you could kind of enlighten us a little bit with those other ways that we typically don't hear about all the time as I said one of the functions of intuition is for us to achieve our own brilliance and our brilliance is unique to us so it is very much about you know getting to know yourself and and your own system and one of the reasons one of the very basic reasons is you until you actually really know your own system, it's very hard to tell, is that my imagination? You know, is am I thinking that's going to happen really just because, like you mentioned, the egoic mind, just because I want it to happen, so I'm telling myself it's going to happen? Or is that actually, you know, what is going to happen? Is it actually my intuition or is it my imagination? And when you get to know yourself, you realise that they're, they're two very different gears in your own head. Imagination is important, you know, that is part of our creative process because generally with imagination it, it helps us figure out, you know, because we imagine different scenarios, so it does help us figure out what it is that we want to create, so it's important. But once we've gone, right, you know, boom, this is what I want, then our intuition is meant to take over and t help us navigate towards that thing that we want and also hopefully to tell us how to do it in such a way that it it will increase our connection to ourselves. So I guess that's the paradox. The, the stronger we have a connection to ourselves, the more strongly our intuition will talk to us and help us even be even more of ourselves. So that's why over time we tend to get more and more momentum behind these things. All right, so in order to, to understand how, you know, these different languages, we just, just have to dip into science a little bit, which is that the whole universe is this electromagnetic phenomenon. Like there's all these things in the universe that covers this huge range of electromagnetic energy, you know, all the way from you know, gamma rays, you know, through the stuff that we can see all the way, you know, through microwaves and all the stuff that we, we use and we use some of it with our technology. But the thing is our physical senses only pick up tiny little slices of that, like the, the visual spectrum that our eyes picked up, pick up. That's a tiny, tiny, tiny little slice 
out of all those all of that electromagnetic energy they you know they've done studies that have shown that because your brain is electromagnetic in nature so they've done studies in Stanford where they stuck people in a in a it's, it's called a Faraday cage basically it's an electromagnetically insulated structure and inside there they changed the the magnetic field and the people who were inside they had one of those electro caps on so they could see if their their head was doing weird things like and they they found that sure enough most people their their brain actually showed some change in in activity when the electro magnetic energy changed sorry when the magnetic field inside the that faraday cage changed now they found that 25% of people got a big shift in activity, but everybody got some shift. And the thing is, it, you know, intuitive processes are like anything. You know, if you practice it, you're, 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 you will get more of a response. Your, your system will develop more connections in that area. Right. So having said that. That is what your intuition is doing. It's actually picking up. I mean, some of it, it's sure it's, you know, it's picking up patterns or within things that we we know such as people's behavior or whatever but a lot of it the really you know spooky freaky stuff if you like that you know talking to people on the other side being able to see things at a distance foretelling you know most of the the really kind of cool freaky stuff that that kind of stuff is happening because our our brain is picking up electromagnetic signals that we do not actually have um, physical sensors for. So it's it's actually picking up the electromagnetic energy, but it's doing its darndest to help us understand what it is that we're picking up. But because we don't have a sense, you know, we don't actually have a physical woo-woo sense. If we had a physical woo-woo sense, it wouldn't be woo-woo. <laughs> so... So in the middle of your brain, they just just they just call it central processing. That's where the the signals that you pick up from your physical senses get you know effectively translated and filed into the right place. So the, the thing is, is that when you're picking up signals other than from your physical senses, it's still gonna it's still gonna go through physical processing, but it's going to come out in one way or another that your your intuition is going to try and give you the information in a way that you can actually use. Okay, so if if so when we when I say that there are ten, well, you know, it's some of some of those things I've divided like the visual perspective, like it. Visual doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily see things in the same way as you see, you know, what's around you in the room where you're sitting right now. Sometimes it'll be visual, but it'll be because you'll you'll see kind of symbols or strange things in your head, and it's it's like your own language, and you need to learn to interpret it. You know, if you're if you're auditory, you know, it, again, it could be that you're you're hearing someone talk to you in the same way as you can hear my voice through the podcast or it could be that you could hear you know music or strange tones and it again that it's like we know how to interpret you know say alarms or school bells or you know various different you know 
you can have all sorts of ringtones on your phone. Well, it's kind of like having that kind of stuff. You know, sometimes it's almost, again, it's like your own personal code. But actually all intuition is like your own personal code. But And that's the tricky bit. Even though the principles for all of us are the same, we need to learn and to understand our own language. Some of the other languages include being able to, you know, the, the, the forgotten senses, you know, so being able to, to get things through smell, okay, being able to get things through taste. So, for example, because I, I have a healing practice as well, and over the years, you know, I've, I've never really, you know, apart from alcohol and chocolate, I've, I haven't really, you know, done any drugs. I think my system is far too sensitive. I just I think that would be really bad if I did that. Anyway, but weirdly, I still know what most of these drugs taste like because when I'm working on somebody and I'm working to clear that stuff out of their system, I get it as a taste. And to begin with, it was weird and gross, and, and now it's just gross because the taste will tell me actually you know, what particular, you know, drug or substance or whatever that I'm, I'm clearing. Smells, you know, it, it, it can be because of obviously some of the work that I've done in the past, I, I can smell the different kinds of anaesthetics. So, you know, if I'm working with people and I start to get an anaesthetic smell, I know it's like, okay, so we're clearing some surgical trauma or something. But sometimes, yeah, you, you get strange things happening. For example, I was... <laughs> I had a young man come and see me. His family, you know, they, they, they have a Mediterranean background, so they have lots and lots and lots of weddings, you know, big extended families, big weddings, and everybody has to go to all the weddings. Anyway, he came to see me because he was having, he was a young chap, he was having a lot of liver trouble and the doctors didn't know why and obviously, you know, it's a bit of a concern at his age. Anyway, he came to see me. I started working on him and, and I said to him, you know, recognizing the resonances I don't know how but you've you've clearly got pesticides in your liver and he said to me quite reasonable and reasonably well how do they get in there and I went well, I don't know I, but you know that's what I get so you know let's work work with it and see where we you know what happens anyway so I continued to work with him and after a little while I started to smell all of these beautiful flowers just stunning and it was summer, so I thought, oh, there's, you know, I had the windows open. I thought, oh, something's coming in, but it's distracting. I got up and I closed the windows, went back to, to the work, and the, the smell just kept coming back and stronger And until I, it's like, I, I need to acknowledge this. This is something. I don't know what it is. So I said to him, I don't know why, but I'm smelling all of these really beautiful flowers. And he started laughing. And I said, okay, you know, give because clearly there was a story. And he said, oh, that's my drunk trick. And I said, what? Yeah. Well, apparently when he would go to these weddings and he would drink too much, you know, a lot of guys, they have this drunk trick, you know, that's a bit gross. Well, his his was he would get drunk and then he would eat the floral decorations in the middle of the table. And I just looked at him and I went, okay. So now we know where the pesticides came from. Commercial flowers are heavily sprayed because if they get one little spot from a bug on them, you know, their, their, their value decreases astronomically. So his wedding diet was pesticides, essentially. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, life is mad. Anyway, so sometimes 
you know, and that, that's the tricky bit. You need to learn. I mean, I had to acknowledge it because I couldn't figure out in that instance what it was that it was trying to tell me because what it was trying to tell me was completely literal. Smell comes into it. Taste can come into it. And, of course, when you learn to, for me, one of the most, you know, the strongest things is, is that when you learn to, when you've done as much work as I have and you've, you know, you've developed the discipline or the habit of locking in every resonance as you go, it, it is after a while as if you develop this resonant vocabulary. So it's almost like you can read somebody's energy, you know, almost as easily as you could read a book. It's just a different language. Love that. I love that. Perfect. Dr. Wilkins, thank you so much for just gracing us with your presence and your information and your beautiful frequency and amplitude today. I love your energy. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's, 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 as I said, it's wonderful to connect. And yeah, I'm just going to give the book a plug because if people want to understand this, and, you know, I hope they've got the, the understanding that there's a lot to the principles of intuition that we can all use. So if you, if you want to know more, you know, go out there and get my book. Yeah. Um, you know, I got mine on Amazon, but I'm just, I'm assuming that they can find it anywhere that books are sold, correct? Where all good books are sold, yes. Okay. So, you know, any any bookstore, if they don't have it in, they can order it in anywhere on your, you know, it's available through ebooks and all of that. So, yeah, we'll whatever put, whatever form they like, wherever they like. Yeah, we'll put the link in there to your YouTube channel and to your book below. So anybody listening right now, check it out. It is a fantastic read. You will just love it. Dr. Wilkins, thank you again for your time. Oh, you're welcome. It's been lovely to be here.